Hey guys, I just wanted to take a quick moment to connect you with a free resource that I know will be helpful in your pain to purpose journey. It's our free seven day devotional that you can sign up for right now. With this devotional, you'll get seven daily devotions that I wrote and we'll deliver them directly to your inbox each morning for seven days. These are adapted from our pain to purpose 42 day devotional and are full of daily scripture readings, questions to reflect upon and prayer prompts to help you focus your heart. If you're looking for some encouragement and whatever you're facing, this is it. And listen, the best part about it, it's completely free. All you have to do is go to devo.nothingiswasted.com. Again, that's devo.nothingiswasted.com to sign up for this seven-day devotional. Now, I don't know your story, but what I do know is that God isn't done with it. Whether you've endured a recent loss, a divorce, an unexpected diagnosis, or some other painful reality, God wants to give you hope when it seems like all hope is lost. Let's take seven days together to find that hope in whatever you're walking through. Sign up today at devo.nothingiswasted.com. Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Aubrey Sampson. And I'm another host, Davey Blackburn. It's so great to have you guys joining us again this week for the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. We've got a great conversation with Jessica Sanders. This is actually, this is fun because... Aubrey and I have to listen to this conversation just like you guys are listening to this. <laughs> just like you. We're we're joining in because our friend Eric Shoemaker is interviewing Jessica. And this is like a little, this is like a little melding of yeah. all the worlds. Jessica is Eric's co-author right. for a book called In His Hands, Prayers for Your Child or Baby in Medical Crisis. Yeah. So I'm excited that you and I get to get a little like uh behind the scenes listen to the podcast we get to we get to feel like the audience uh now this is fun that's right one of the things i love about what god has been doing with nothing is wasted ministries aubrey is there are so many different types of pain that people are experiencing mm, and yeah. absolutely we can learn transferable principles from anybody's story right they can absolutely they can inspire us um but it's so amazing that we have such a, a massive library of resources between our podcast episodes, between all of our master classes, between everything behind community plus yes. membership, yeah. you know, like all of that stuff that you can, you can find things for the exact pain point that you're going through. And yeah. I love how God just keeps bringing us different incredible stories from incredible people who are walking faithfully their specific totally. journey of pain and totally. it's help you whether your experience is a medical crisis with one of your young children or or not, mm-hmm. it's going to inspire you. And so I just love that on both fronts, it really, it, it feels very robust, a very robust kind of yeah. ministry that we're doing um, yeah. with people. And so that's, and that's what this is all about. You know, um, their latest book in his hands, Prayers for Your Child or Baby in a Medical Crisis. That's what they're going to be talking about. They're going to be talking about Jessica's story and, mm. and um, it's, you know, I mean, that's virtually, you know, every parent's, it's their worst nightmare to experience kind of a medical crisis like this with their child. Yeah. You know, everyone, yeah. everyone prays. 
Can I just have, oh, can we have a healthy baby? Just a healthy baby. Just a healthy baby. Right? How many people have prayed? I don't care what it is. If it's a boy or girl, just a healthy baby. Right. Yeah. And so this, this nightmare of a baby in NICU or PICU or even losing a baby, there's, yeah. I don't know that there's much pain more brutal than that. No, no. And I'm, I'm really, you know, looking forward to the wisdom that Jessica and, and Eric share with us. I know this is close to Eric's heart as well. He writes a lot about dads and miscarriage, dads yeah. and child loss. And so this is going to be a really meaningful episode. I'm even just, Davey, thinking of my, my sister, her daughter was in the NICU yeah. for about a month. And that was just a really, really traumatizing experience. And so I know yeah. this is going to minister to a lot, a lot lot of people. It really is. You know, if you're looking, if, if this conversation ministers to you and you're looking for a way to get connected more with Nothing Is Wasted Ministries or get started on your own healing journey, whatever pathway of pain you're walking through right mm-hmm. now, we want to invite you to a Zoom call that I do at least once a month. It's called Five Steps to Taking Back Your Story No Matter What You Have Gone Through. And that, uh, you can register for the next one at nothingiswasted.com slash start here. It is a live Zoom call. So you don't have to have your camera on, but we, I do see your faces. You see my face. We interact. I do some teaching and then we do some Q&A at the very end. And it's just, it's been really sacred times of ministry. Really special time. Prayer yeah. over everybody. It's just a really great time. So I want to invite you personally to join me on that call. Nothingiswasted.com slash start here. And then finally, before we jump into the conversation, I also want to remind you there's one day left to vote. <gasps> That's right, on the book cover. The book cover design of Nothing Is Wasted, the book releasing July 30th. We're really excited so about that. Exciting. Tomorrow, as of, the, as of the release of this episode, it will be February 23rd will be the last day to vote for that book cover. So go to our social media. You can see where you can vote for which book cover you think would be the best one for nothing. I cannot wait to see what wins. I am so excited about this. I know, me too. Me too. Well, let's go ahead and take a um a, a leap into a leap into, you know, we can step into it. We can I leap like into that. it. Sure. Let's Jump dive into, into it. it. Let's dive into it, right? <laughs> let's go ahead and take a listen to the conversation between Eric Shoemaker and Jessica Sanders. Hey friends, welcome to a, another episode of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, and I am super excited to be here today with my guest and my friends and my new co-author, uh, <laughs> Jessica <laughs> Sanders. Uh, Jessica, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. And uh, we've known each other now for how long? Gosh, I want to say probably a year and a half. Probably a year and a half. Yeah, because we met because you reached out. uh, My book, Ours, Biblical Comfort from Men Grieving Miscarriage, was... I just started talking about it, I think on mm-hmm. social media and you reached out yeah. um, and because every author loves this, you reached out because <laughs> you were like, I want to talk to you about how I can help promote and share your book. Right? It's and, like an author's uh, dream. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. we can talk. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and we'll get into why you wanted to share the book. Um, mm-hmm. uh through your ministry, praying through ministries, and yeah. um, as part of the care packages you do, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but as we were chatting, um, you were like, "Yeah, I've always wanted to write a book of prayers," mm-hmm. and I was like, "Do you want to write one <laughs> together?" Still and, blows uh, my mind the whole thing. And so I here we are, it. all the, all this time later. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. So. 
God has been God has been so good, and it's been a fun yes. project, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. But yeah. for now, um, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners and just talk a little bit about your life uh, right now and what you're doing, um, sure. and then we'll dive into your story. All right, sounds good. So my name is Jessica. I live in Southwest Florida, even though my heart is definitely more in the mountains. Somehow I ended up here by the beach. That. I actually never go to, which is funny. Um, I have three children and I'm married to my husband, Stephen. I work um, on staff at our church as um, a circles administrator. So that means I really help people get into community because I believe in the importance of Christ-centered community so very much. And um, I'm a writer. I'm quite boring and pretty nerdy, but... (laughs) (laughs) And you just, you just got a new baby for Christmas, right? I did. I just got a puppy. I have not had a dog in a really long time. So we just welcomed Finn to the family who is a golden doodle. A little, he looks like a bear because he's so black. You can't even tell where his eyes are or anything. So I try to put a bandana on him so I can tell his head from his bottom end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so listeners, if Jessica gets a little... Uh, frustrated or not frustrated, but uh, if she doesn't seem coherent, it's because she hasn't yeah. slept in a week right? since yes. they got this puppy. True. Yes. Yeah. And if I seem incoherent, that's a normal, but also B because we're recording between Christmas and New Year's and I don't know what day it is. So, because um, it's just been that Christmas break kind of thing. Um, so, Jessica, you've walked through a bit of a difficult valley. Um, with your NICU PICU journey and childhood medical uh, crises. Um, It's one that every parent uh, fears going through and you've walked those steps. Uh, Could you just tell us a little bit about that journey and what you walked through? Sure. So um, like I said, I have three children and Ezra was my last and I had normal pregnancies with the other two. Um, And everything seemed to be progressing with our son as well. And I guess until it it didn't, until it wasn't anymore. So we had him naturally at home. And when he was born, he was 42 weeks, but you could tell instantly that something was wrong. He was born Mm. at just four pounds and 14 ounces. Mm. He felt very much like an eight pound baby. (laughs) But when he he came out, I was like... Mm very shocked. And so there was just this air of heaviness, like something isn't right. And if I back up a little bit, I can share that during my pregnancy, um, this was the first pregnancy where I had been walking with the Lord. So I, I found Jesus seven years ago and this happened four years ago. So it was three years Mm. into my walk. And, um, I really experienced like some spiritual warfare for the first time. Mm. So I remember carrying him and these intrusive thoughts would come in that something was wrong. Um, and just pictures, which is so weird because I didn't even know what the mm. NICU was, but things started coming up, up on my Facebook feed. And I just remember kind of having my eyes opened to what mm. some people went through, but there was like this fear that, 
this might be part of my story, but each time Mm. it would come up, I would try to like slash it down with the word of God. So I would remind Mm. myself like speaking scripture over my child that he's fearfully and wonderfully made. And even if there is some kind of, you know, genetic condition or issue, my child is made fearfully and wonderfully by the Lord. And this is, you know, this is what I'm going to stand on. So Mm. I remember kind of experiencing that and, um, there was a moment too, which I feel like leads up to the NICU journey where one day I was sitting on the couch and I feel like I heard God almost like audibly. It was so clear in my mind where he said, um, pick up the book of Psalms, read through every single one, circle the ones I tell you to circle and don't stop praying them until I tell you to stop. Mm. So it was so specific And it felt Mm. so random that I was Mm. like, yes, Lord. So I got myself, you know, a book of Psalms and started doing that, circled them and began praying um, until Ezra finally came, which was like a month later. Mm. And I think I had thought too, that the fear I was experiencing was going to be around delivery. But when the delivery was fine and he came out and he was small, Mm. it was I don't even know the word for it. Um, it was kind of like, all right, God was serious. Like he really was <laughs> preparing mm. me for something. So um, once he was born, it was about 36 hours later, he had a seizure in my mm. arms and it was a really terrifying moment. So I yeah. yelled for my husband, we called 911 and I've never had to do that. And in that moment, I mean, just the the trauma of it. I like couldn't even remember my address. I mean, it was this crucial moment Mm. and I, I couldn't even like think I was just holding my child and just in this state of panic. Um, I felt like they came quickly and then we were transported to the nearby hospital and, um, we stayed there for six days in the Mm. hospital. And, um, Ezra had some like low blood sugar issues. So they were trying to regulate that. His blood sugar was so low that they worried about brain damage and about death. So mm. it was very touch and go for those first few days. And um, just really not what you would expect your first few days with your child to be. So yeah. it was a very small, dark room. We ended up being there over Christmas, which was also a challenge and to be away from Mm -hmm. our two other children at the same time. So I just really remember being in this place of uncertainty and, um, and the one thing, or I grabbed a couple of things. I I put on shoes, I grabbed deodorant and I grabbed my Bible when the ambulance Mm. came. And I was Mm. so grateful that when I grabbed my Bible, God had prepared me and I had Mm. circled all the prayers that I needed to pray in those moments. And so when I felt like I was so paralyzed with shock and fear that Mm. I could turn to the Psalms and I could pray God's word back to him when I felt Mm. like I was, you know, coming up short and just in such a state of shock. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Lord's really, he really prepared you. Um, to depend on him yep. through what he knew was, was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love that part of your story about uh, circling those Psalms and those prayers and yeah. uh, coming back to them. 
It's and such a good idea. I never could have come up on my own. <laughs> you know, like it was totally, totally yeah. God to give me his word and then yeah. use that to equip me to be able to pray. So I'm yeah. so, so grateful for how he goes before yeah. us. And that just really solidified my faith even more. Like anything that mm. comes ahead in my story, I have that to stand yeah. on. So yeah. it really yeah. built my faith. So was that you get out of the NICU pick you is, was that the end of that journey? No. Uh, yeah. We, we were in for six days at that hospital and then they discharged us, but said that we need to, to do regular lab work to monitor because okay. um, it was his, it was something called Billy Rubin, which is relating to his <laughs> liver. So he was very jaundiced and um, his numbers were super high. So they wanted to keep um, an eye on that. And we were only out for maybe six days and we were doing the regular lab work when they immediately told us you need to get to the ER right now. Like his numbers are mm. really high, really bad. So it was so hard to have to go right back to where we got out of because we were so grateful to to finally be discharged and be home and, you know, to have our Christmas and have some normalcy. So yeah. there was a lot of anxiety even in that drive. And when we got there, they shared with us that it was really serious. And so they needed to, instead of being 45 hours or 45 minutes away from our house, it was now going to be an hour and a half. And we needed to go to a special level four children's hospital. So mm. we were transported again via ambulance to there. And then our stay at that hospital ended up being 31 days. And we had mm. to live in the Ronald McDonald house and away from our other two children. And just really mm. by Ezra's side, that entire time. Wow. Yeah. And I, I think, um, I, I'm glad you shared all that because, uh, um, there's not a, you know, there's not a, there's not a, a set schedule that comes mm -hmm. with NICU and PICU mm -hmm. stays. Uh, every, every journey is unique, but there's probably yeah. some similarities there yeah. in what parents go through. Um, you, there's, there's probably a sense of, this is out of your hands, out of your control. Um, and that's, and then you're watching doctors and nurses and medical teams poke and prod yeah. and do all this stuff with your child. And then you get glimmers of hope, like mm -hmm. you're out of the NICU, you're at home, you're going to do these tests. And then, you know, that comes back and do this us, is really yeah. serious. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then all of a sudden you get bad news and you're, mm -hmm. you're back in the, the pick you for 30 days or, and um, what, what's, what is the emotional and spiritual roller coaster like when you have a child in intensive care? Yeah, it is. It is definitely a roller coaster. I mean, I remember the, the first day even going in and um, just a team of doctors surrounding his tiny little body. And just like you said, trying to get an IV in, they can't get it in his arm. He's crying They're You know, they can finally get it in his head. And I just had to step back and just mm. pray. I mean, I was constantly praying and I, I feel like I didn't even know what to pray. I couldn't even string together words. So it was often even in the ambulance too, like Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Cause I just, mm. I needed him so desperately in that moment because as a mother, I mean, I just, especially postpartum and all the hormones and then for this to be happening. But at the same time, I feel like my husband and I, you know, we both believe, but we're 
spiritually, you know, in very different places, maturity wise. So Mm. he really struggled and I had to like have the peace of God at the same time so that I could help him. So it was a lot of, a lot of ups and downs um, and a lot of like tension too, like you said about the control, because it was so much out of my hands that there were many times where things that I may have clung to, like Mm -hmm. an example would be, um, I've always been like, I grew up in Vermont, so I feel like I'm kind Mm. of, you know, hippie and natural earthy, earthy crunchy. And I think for a very large period of my life, I realized it once I became a believer that I probably had healthy living as an idol. Like I really Mm. thought that if I didn't have all these chemicals, if I ate these foods, then I wouldn't get cancer and I wouldn't die. And I thought the same for my kids. And when we were faced with this medical crisis, I really felt like God was saying, you can choose the healthy living and potentially lose your son, or you can choose to trust Mm. me and, Mm. and let me use modern medicine. So I really had Mm. to lay that down and everything that I had known for all these years I had to be mm. like all right god I trust you yeah. because I you know I I want my son and I'm willing to lay whatever other gods and idols that I have down and let you be the only one and trust you Hey, it's Aubrey Sampson here. And just like you, I have dealt with a lot of big feelings and heartache in my life. Mostly I've written about lament and grief for a grown-up audience, but we all know, especially here at Nothing Is Wasted, that adults do not have a monopoly on strong, difficult emotions. And so I have turned my attention to writing about big feelings for little ones with a brand new children's book called Big Feelings Days, a book about hard things, heavy emotions, and Jesus' love. We all know that children have a lot of emotions and feeling sad or angry or brokenhearted can be overwhelming. That's why it's so important to help the kids in our lives understand that their feelings are valuable and normal and that they can creatively express what they feel to Jesus who created emotions and deeply cares about everyone. Big Feelings Days is a tender and engaging picture book that helps children ages three to seven learn how to release their feelings of grief, anger, and heartbreak in creative ways to our God who cares. This picture book includes full-color illustrations, and they are darling, relatable imagery to help children express and identify emotions, and creative ways for children to process their feelings with Jesus. Even now, you can be helping your kids develop emotional health or your grandkids, your nieces and nephews, those kids you love, you can help them begin to develop emotional health and emotional intelligence as they learn to come to Jesus with whatever they may be feeling. And a little secret between us, this book helps adults as well. You can pre-order it wherever it is you pre-order your book. It comes out on October 17th. If you go to navpress.com, You'll find the book for 20% off for our Nothing Is Wasted listeners. You can also follow me at Obsamp on Instagram for more information. It's been a significant theme, I think, in your story is learning to trust God in new 
circumstances, Mm -hmm. circumstances that are new to your story. Um, And through all that, um, I think, I think listeners will, will can make some of the connections about the the themes in your story, Mm -hmm. but you, you ended up starting a nonprofit called praying through ministries. Um, Talk to us about that. How did that come about? What is it? What do you do? Yeah. Um, It was when we were in that 31 day um, hospital stay where even though we were sitting in the middle of our own uncertainty, um, I remember looking around at the faces of others and interacting with people in the Ronald McDonald house and seeing their faces and seeing the pain and the anguish and just thinking to myself, how does anyone do this without God? Like this is too heavy of a burden to carry on our own. Mm -hmm. And like you said, we don't have any control over this at all. So I feel like he highlighted faces to me. He clued me into that. And then um, I feel like he told me, I want you to start praying for these people, even though Mm. I'm still smack dab in the middle of my crisis. So I started taking a notebook around. I told you I was nerdy. So I took a notebook (laughs) around and um, would ask the names of the families and their child and ask how I could pray for them and started praying for their children as I was praying for my own. Mm. And then um, one woman, I remember her daughter was going in for brain surgery and she was rightfully very you know, anxious over that. So I just wrote out like a prayer and wrote out encouragement for her, like a letter and gave that to her, um, just Mm. in obedience to him. So following his lead with that, it started as like, kind of like little, little steps, little breadcrumbs. And once we were discharged six months later, I feel like I hear from the Lord pretty clearly. Mm. And this time he said, I want you to start a community because this was COVID now. Ezra was born December 21st, 2019. We were discharged February. So things had just started to happen um, with shutdowns and everything. And I felt like God said, I want you to start a community where you help people pray through the NICU. So there were a lot of support groups that are for the NICU, but they're more about, you know, this is what my child is presenting. What do you recommend? Very medical centered. So God was clear in saying this needs to be prayer centered. And so in obedience, I started the group and people started joining. Um, And then once some of those children that we had prayed so faithfully for did not make it is when the outreach component happened because we so desperately wanted to minister to those families. And I remember thinking like, there's nothing we can really say or do, but the best thing we can do is point them to Jesus. Mm. So that's when Mm. we decided let's send them some like biblical encouragement and um, some comfort, some support and Originally, we started using our own money, but then we started to fundraise. And then as people really started to support us, then God was like, you know, IRS wants you to be a nonprofit. So so we started the the nonprofit there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so so you... you, 
What's the process of somebody connecting with Praying Through and then what happens after they do? Yeah, So we have our website, which is prayingthroughministries.org and um, slash request is if anyone wants to request prayer or request outreach, they just simply go on there and there's a form that they fill out, which gives us some information about their circumstances. And then um, we cultivate, you know, a special care package for them. So not every single one is the same, but based on their circumstances. Um, we minister to the dads who can mm. often be overlooked and forgotten. Yeah. We minister to the mom and to any siblings and put together handwritten encouragement. We pray over the packages and send them out to families in the United States right now mm. um, because of the international you know, customs and shipping, all that. Sure. So what, is a, what does a care package look like? So typically we have, um, it might be like a devotion, devotional that's in there, or um, we have some faith-based children's books that we send out. Um, like I said, a handwritten note we include in there that meets them where they're at. And then we also have might be some postcards that have scripture on them or some stickers because mm. you know what kid doesn't, doesn't yeah. or, or adult doesn't love a sticker. Yeah. Um, so we just, whatever we put in them, definitely tied to the word of God and hopefully they'll mm. find encouragement through that. And recently um, we used to send one care package, but our hope is to really walk with families through these mm. medical crises or walk with them through grief. So we actually do a series of care packages. So we give them a few months to dig into what we've sent, and then we send another care package. So that way we're continually touching in and checking in on them as well. Nice. And what what might go, like, what's an example of what would go into a care package? So we, as I don't know if I mentioned, but we do um, child loss as well, which would be miscarriage and stillbirth and infant loss, child loss. So with those, like our first package has um, a resource that really talks about grief and what's normal and what you can expect, but then also gospel hope that you can find mm -hmm. in grief and loss. So that is typically in our first package. The um, chapters are really short and bite-sized, which helps when you are definitely, you know, working through grief and might have yeah. um, a difficult time focusing. So we send that first. And then the second package that follows is one that has a devotion again, shorter so then maybe mm. they can um attend to that and then we go on with like the third one would have more of a book if they might be ready for that as well we have some yeah. journaling too because that's a really good way to process it as far as the NICU or childhood illness hospitalizations we like to send a book to the children too and if they're not old enough to read it at least you know, the parent can read the book to the child, speak life over them. Um, and trying to think what we typically send. We have like a book of prayers that we send um, the families so they can pray for their child. Because like I shared in my story, I was very much in shock that I felt like I couldn't even string together any thoughts. Mm. So we want to be able to give them words that they can pray. I know this sounds familiar to you, <laughs> which we'll talk <laughs> yeah. about soon. Um, and then depending on where they're at, again, another devotion, if they're working or walking through the childhood illness, we send those yeah. out too. 
So just Mm. nuggets of encouragement in their journey that they can continue to refer back to and just, you know, the, the nourishment to sustain them because God's word is, you know, our daily bread and he is the living water. And those are things that we need. So, yeah. So then apart from uh, the care packages, what other kind of support does praying through offer? Yeah. So we have our um, online community and in our online community, that's a place where people can lament. They can, you know, cry out to God and we're going to give them, we're going to hear them and then also point them back to his word and to his truth because our feelings while valid, they can often, you know, lie to us at the same time. Like they shouldn't be our dictators. They should indicate what's going on. So the community is a safe place where um, we can work through those things. This year, we're doing something special in 2024 where we're reading through the New Testament together. So there's that discipleship component that we're bringing in, hoping to engage people in God's word and really reflect on that. Um, So the community aspect is huge. The outreach we talked about, but we also do um, organized outreach. We do prayer circles around the country where we go to a hospital and we pray outside as a group out loud. And then um, then we walk a circle around the hospital in pairs and praying out loud or silently over everyone in the hospital, over the families. Um, and then we have outreach that we go in and deliver to the nurses to deliver to the families. We do those, you know, at special times like Christmas, since we were in the NICU at Christmas, that's really special for us to do as a way that God did not waste our pain, but we're able to give back. Um, We do it on other holidays too, like Mother's Day and Father's Day, I think are really important ones. Um, We offer grief share, which is specific to child loss. So that is um, an online curriculum that is typically held by churches. So we have a church that sponsors um, us to be able to do that. And that's a really beautiful resource. And we've been able to have it at a time where people, even in the Philippines, have been able to join and have that 13-week support of grief share and the biblical component that goes with it. Um, We've got the encouragement aspect where we send out a Monday email and we're encouraging our families and then lots of prayer, obviously praying through ministries. So we share prayer requests. We have intercessory prayer teams that are praying over those uh, requests as well as our communities and the people who follow us online. So we do a lot. Like yeah, you do. <laughs> surprised by how much we're we're doing and how much God is able to fuel it yeah. all to make it happen because yeah. I don't know how we're able to do it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you have quite a team of volunteers that yes. serve Thanks with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so um I have a let's say I have a friend who has a child in the NICU pick you or they've lost a child. I want to send them a care package. What's that's going to, what is that going to cost me? Absolutely nothing, which is the mm. coolest thing. So I know a lot of people will be like, what can I do? I want to help. And that's what I love about this is all they have to do is they can go on to our website to, you know, slash request yep. and they can fill out a form for their friend, And we put a little sticker on it that says this was requested by and write the friend's name, but it costs mm. absolutely nothing. Our donors are, you know, what make that possible. So let's say that someone's listening to this and they feel like, 
wow, I, that's a ministry that I would really love to be a part of. What opportunities are there for people to volunteer and join you? Oh my goodness. I love it because with how our ministry is global and the fact that we're ministering to people in different countries, so much of it is done online. So we have volunteers Mm. in the Philippines. So depending on um, where they are, it doesn't matter because everything we're doing is virtual. So we can always use help with the more and more people that are, you know, going through these crises that are signing up for support and um, filling out outreach request forms, we always need hands. We always need help in some capacity. Mm. Sometimes with Mm. bigger, you know, positions, if people have that time that they want to pour out or even with small things too, I feel like to the Lord, it all matters. And Mm. um, yeah, there's just, depending on, you know, where, people feel their giftings are, we can definitely find a place for them if they have a heart for those families who are walking through suffering in any way Mm. and wanting to equip them with God's word. This is, this is where you can be. That's great. So listeners, if you're, if you're, if you're listening to this, you're like, I would really love to serve families in these situations. And maybe you're, maybe you're at a point in life where you have a lot of free time. And you're wondering what the Lord wants you to do with that. I, I'd consider you praying about whether um, this would be a ministry that you could you could help with, whether yeah. that's um, jumping into a care group or compiling care packages in yeah. your home as you listen to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, great, great way to to use your use your time. Yes. Um, and even your previous pain and suffering, what a way yes. to redeem it and to pour into yeah. other families who might be you know traveling yeah. similar similar paths, or if you were blessed by prayer to be able to pray for other people who could really use your prayers. I feel like it's the essence of nothing is wasted. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And even if that none of that is in your story, Mm -hmm. um, you can still jump in and volunteer to pray, Absolutely, assemble care packages and pray for that family in particular. Mm -hmm. Even if you know nothing of what that journey is like, um, the Lord's and his word gives us things that we can pray for people. That's yeah. what, that's what I love about your story about, you know, circling the prayers and the Psalms, mm-hmm. um, is that God has literally given us a whole book of prayers that yeah. are words that he wants us to say to him in prayer. Yeah. And so we can, we can turn the Psalms into prayers, not mm-hmm. only for ourselves, but for our neighbors who are going yeah. through things that we, we don't understand. Yep. Um, and so that, that leads us to how uh, we're connected now. Mm-hmm. Um, we have co-authored a book called In His Hands, Prayers for Your Child or Baby in a Medical Crisis. Uh, what is that book and what, what's it about? Um, yeah. Talk to us about that. It's the exact book I wish I had when I was <laughs> journeying through this. Um, so as I had mentioned, there were moments where I literally felt like I could not string together any thoughts. And I was so grateful that I had my Bible and I could read through the Psalms and pray that back. But at the same time, there were also very specific circumstances that I was in that, man, if I just would have had words to pray. Like it just would have given my heart so much peace. So that's what we hope this book will be. And at the same time, 
I think what I love about it is that we've encouraged people in God's word and we're pointing them to the hope that can be found in Christ in all of our circumstances and situations. So I really see this book as one that a mom or, you know, a dad can like throw in their bag and take with them and just open and be able to open to any page and be able to either pray that silently, pray that out loud and just really be ministered to. Because I know mm. the Holy Spirit yeah. and what are, gave me the words when we were writing. So, mm. yeah, yeah. And what are some of the, can you give us some examples of what some of those prayers might be? What kind of situations they cover? Yeah. So we have some specific ones for children, which is really helpful for, um, even if, you know, depending on the age of the child, whereas my son was, you know, not old enough to pray, but I can surely pray that prayer for him. Um, but we also have prayers for in those times of uncertainty, prayers for when um, you might really feel like it's a dark time and you're doubting the Lord. So prayers that are going to help us lament, but at the same time, like lift lift our eyes and fix them on the hope that can be found in Him, despite what our circumstances might be telling us. Um, prayers for the caregivers, for the doctors to be able to surrender our child into God's hands and to trust Him. So I think we did a really good job of the ups and downs of that journey through whatever medical crisis it might be, and really trying to think about the things that you and I have both encountered in our experiences and using those experiences so that they were not wasted, that they could be something that could minister to families who might find themselves in similar situations. Hey friend, whether you've been a faithful listener to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast or you've just found us, I know the stories that we share here of people walking through trauma, tragedy, and major life transition can be extremely inspirational. One of the threads I hope that you see is that these people who have or are walking through pain on the podcast haven't just settled for the hurt that they've experienced. They believe that even in the midst of all their suffering, there is a way forward, that God has something more for them than just pain. And they also see the agency they have in their own lives to partner with God to take back their stories. It's that same kind of hope, the hope of real people walking through real valleys while experiencing real healing that our Pain to Purpose course offers. We've guided now hundreds of people just like you through all sorts of pain points and have helped them find hope and purpose through it, even in the midst of it. We have countless stories of the way God has brought healing two people through the Pain to Purpose course, but I want you to hear this one from Katie. I realized that based on past hurt from just different Christian leaders that I had encountered during, because I grew up in church, that a lot of what they did to me, I was projecting onto God. So the Pain to Purpose course helped me to realize that I had a distorted view of God. It was a great moment because I got to realize that and then work to reframe my perspective of God. Maybe you need help like Katie did in reframing your perspective on who God is uh, after what you've been through, or, or perhaps you need to learn how to even begin to identify your hurt and how it's impacting your life right now. No matter where you are, the Pain to Purpose course will give you the tools to heal and find hope. You can sign up for the Pain to Purpose course at course.nothingiswasted.com. Again, course.nothingiswasted.com or click the links below 
or in the show notes if you're listening to this on a podcast platform. There you will have access to all the course videos and everything you need to start moving forward from pain into purpose. You don't have to wait another second to start the journey towards healing and wholeness. Go to course.nothingiswasted.com. One of the things I appreciate about doing this project with you is that uh, I don't have any NICU pick you uh, journey mm-hmm. stories. I, I take that back. We had a 15 minute NICU uh, story because our oldest son was born not brereathing and um, the hospital policy was that he had to spend at least 15 minutes in the NICU for observation. And he was totally fine, you know, after he, he, uh, he started breathing again. Um, but but that that even that experience just it was some exposure to me because it was my yeah. first time in the NICU, and he was born nine pounds some ounces. He mm-hmm. was a big baby, mm-hmm. and um, you know the cord was wrapped around his neck, and he just needed help getting started yeah. breathing. Um, but you know, so I carried him up to the NICU, and you know they put him under the the heat lamps in his bed mm-hmm. for the fifteen minutes because. He had to be in there, but he's next to like a set of twins that their combined weight doesn't yeah. match his, yeah. his weight. Yeah. And, and I, w- I was just, you know, it, it was, it was humbling because I was obviously in there with a very healthy baby, yeah. but looking around the room, there were just so many babies and thinking about, especially as a first time parent going, this would be so incredibly frightening. Yeah. And and I've, I really appreciated writing the book with you because I had I had no place to start with what that journey is like. But you you bring a, a lot of not only personal experience but experience of walking with people who've been in yeah. this. And and I say all that to say if you're listening to this episode and you don't have any experience with uh, these sorts of issues, um, whether it be a Nikki Picky journey or a um, uh, a journey through a childhood medical crisis or child loss or miscarriage, that sort of thing. Um, you're most likely going to know someone who walks yeah. through that journey. And so, and and I always hate saying this because it sounds a little bit self-serving, but I think one of the ways you can prepare for that is have a copy of this book on hand. Mm-hmm. That's what I've said about um, Abby Wedgworth and I's books yeah. on miscarriage held in ours is these are good books to have on hand for when the moment arises mm-hmm. that you can give it to them and you don't have to wait for Amazon to yeah. deliver it to you. It's something you can take right away that or, can help them from moment one. Yeah. Or financially, if you can't afford it, then that's when you go to praying through ministries, yeah. request the package we send yeah. it to them because I plan very it. much on yeah. including our, our book in there. And then we already include ours and held. So your books on miscarriage, we send out in packages. So, Yeah. And so, um, you know, and even to be able to be familiar with the book that you can not only take it and leave it with them, but you could sit in the the waiting room or guest, Mm -hmm. you know, as you visit them, if you're able to visit, um, to be able to pray one of the prayers with them. And, you know, that's one of the element of the books is we have responsive readings Mm -hmm. in there that are meant for a group to be able to pray through together. And, um, and we really hope, um, we really hope that that will be, um, 
a, a, a way of comforting families that mm-hmm. they can sit with they can sit with friends and yeah. uh, begin praying uh, together. So, um, you know, anything else you wanted to say about the book? Well, something, yeah, exactly about the book. Um, I don't know if you've heard it, but I know I've been hearing it on my end that people who have been reading it who may not even be in a medical crisis with their child, they're being ministered mm. to through these prayers because they are centered around suffering or around loss. So I just feel like that's the beauty of God's word and that it never returns void. And it really is ministering to people wherever they are. So that's something to note too, even though, you know, like you're saying, you might be reading the book in the waiting room, you might find that it's ministering to you as well, especially, you know, some of those prayers on the spiritual darkness and doubt. There's just... God's word is so good. And I feel like we yeah. were so privileged to be able to to step into this space and write this book together and have it for others. Yeah. And that's, that's, uh, that's a really good point. I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, that was one of the thoughts I had when I was writing hours, you know, for mm-hmm. men grieving miscarriage was, it was simply applying uh, the gospel of Luke to yep. grief and then, mm-hmm some specific situations that had to do with miscarriage, but there's large swaths of this book that are prayers for when you're afraid, when things are uncertain, when life hurts. And Mm -hmm. those aren't unique to childhood medical crises. Um, And, and even the prayers that are specific to those situations, I think um, any reader is going to be able to turn them into prayers specific to whatever it is they're walking through. So I hope it's a helpful prayer book in that way, because I, I know just in reading your prayers mm-hmm. as we were writing it, or even in writing the ones that I wrote, um, I just, I found myself being able to pray about uh, multiple situations yeah. in my life at the current moment that had nothing to do with a childhood yeah. medical crises. And I just feel like that's um, so God, like we can have our, our plan, yeah. but his is so much bigger. So we were thinking we're going to write this book for families who are journeying through, you know, medical crises. Mm-hmm. And God was like, but wait, there's more because his plan is yeah. so much bigger. And it's, I really think it has the the power to minister to so many people yeah. and to so many areas of their yeah. lives and what they're walking through. And that's, that's just like the, that's just like the book of Psalms, you yeah. know, they all were written for a specific situation and they're given to us for all of our situations. And, um, and that's, that's a good reminder too, is that um, when we walk through these specific situations, like a childhood medical crisis, um, it, it's, it, it will certainly help us minister to people who are walking through a similar journey, but don't limit that, yeah. that, that experience God's going to use to minister to people in every affliction. Yep. Uh, comfort them with the comfort that we have in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the hope of the gospel. Um, so let, let's, let's kind of transition there to talking about um, families um, uh, who ha- people who haven't been in that situation don't often know how to step in mm-hmm. your, your friend, your neighbor, another church member, they take their child to the emergency room. They end up in the NICU or PICU Um and they're and they're going. How on earth do I minister to my friend here? Mm-hmm. 
what would you say to them? And you know, we haven't even defined what a NICU and PICU is, those, those acronyms. Well, Could you tell right? us what both of those mean? <laughs> sure. and, then, and then talk about how to love people who have children there. Yeah. So the NICU stands for Neonatal Intensive Care Unit. And then the PICU is just Pediatric Intensive Care Unit. And for Praying Through Ministries, while we started there, We've expanded into being, you know, childhood illness, childhood hospitalizations. So that also includes, you know, it may not be the pediatric ICU, it may not be the PICU. It could be someone who has cancer that's going in for repeated treatments. But those are definitely the critical care units. Um, and there are so many more acronyms as with anything medical related, you know, there's the cardiac, yeah. you know, cardiac um, ICU and, and things like that too. Um, but yeah, ways to love on your neighbor or your friend that goes in. I can share some of the things that people did for me that were really impactful. Mm -hmm. And, um, one thing that was so, so helpful and, and a big part of how our ministry came to be was I had a friend who would write out prayers and text me them. And so Mm -hmm. in those moments, I could read it out loud. I could read it in my mind and I knew she was praying it and I was praying it too. And that just gave me so much comfort. So I remember, you know, reading the texts that she would send me, saving some of them and praying them over and over again. I was very ministered to, um, Mm. but I know not everyone, Mm. you know, feels like I don't know how to pray or I'm, I'm not good at praying. So that may not be for everyone, but it could be, sending a psalm. And um, one thing I did in particular Mm. was Psalm 91. At the end, I inserted my son Ezra's name into it. And so Mm. I would pray that for him. That could be something so simple that you could do and send. So take God's word, insert their child's name into it and send that to them. That could be really powerful. Mm. Um, And also just, you know, the best kind of encouragement and hope we can give is is straight from him. So that would be wonderful. Um, even simple things too, like meals, like, a, you know, a, a gift card or um, I, it depends like on if they're staying in the hospital, if they're coming home, but you could also deliver food for them, um, groceries, stuff like that. Like the really everyday stuff can be very helpful. And I know people would ask and I wouldn't want to burden anyone. So it would be just do it. (laughs) Like say, would it be okay with you if I, you know, have some groceries sent to your house? I'm really feeling like this is something I would like to do. And, um, and then they would just do that. And that would be very, very helpful. You could do the same if they have animals like offering to, to help take care of the animals. If there's, you know, children, small children helping with them. I feel like those things are helpful. Um, For us, we left in such a hurry. We did not have anything. Like I told you, I had deodorant and a Bible. (laughs) Like that was it. So sometimes it could be like toiletries, those kinds of things. My, my parents would often come home and grab some clothes for us and, and bring it to us. And that was really helpful as well. So just Mm. the everyday things that maybe you wouldn't think about that can really be helpful Mm. and really touching at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you said about basically telling them what you're going to do. Um, (laughs) I remember reading Dave, Dave Furman has a book on 
um, suffering, how to care for people who are suffering. And I cannot remember the title of it right now, but mm-hmm. listeners, if you search for David Furman and suffering, you'll find his mm-hmm. book. And I remember one of the things he was saying is that suffering people often don't know what they need yep. and you need to make that observation and yeah. then just simply go do it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you shared earlier when you're calling 911 as Ezra's mm-hmm. having this seizure, you couldn't even remember your home address. Yeah. And if, if a parent can't remember their home address, when you yeah. ask them the, so a 911 operator is asking, what's your home address? They can't answer the question. Mm-hmm. You asking them, what can I do right now yeah. is more than likely just going to add stress to them because yeah. they don't know what's going on mm-hmm. and they don't know what they need. Yeah. And so you doing that thinking for them and going, I'm going to do this, um, tell me to stop if you don't want me to. Yeah. I mean, my husband uh, had to help be. me because I would forget to eat. I wouldn't eat anything. It had been a while since I showered or took a nap. Like he had to be like, go, go for an yeah. hour. We'll do a shift because just like you're saying, like I was in this state of shock that I couldn't even attend to my own needs. I couldn't string together thoughts. Yeah. Like it was, it was very difficult. Um, Another great point too that I just thought of while you were talking is um, it was so helpful for me. I had one point of contact. So I would message one friend with an update and then she would share with everyone. Mm-hmm. That way I didn't have a million yeah. text messages coming in. Um, I just had to respond to one person because that can get yes. really heavy and very burdensome. So that is a great way yeah. if you have a friend who is like, you know, the, the social extrovert of your group and who wants to man that yeah. communication station, that can be a huge help. Yeah. Because people mean yeah. well, but at the same yeah. time, like there's a lot happening. Yeah. So if you're that person who's in the friend group or the, the church member, you know, mm-hmm. um, that can be that point person to come yeah. in and say, you know, would it be okay with you if I was the, the connection point? I'll communicate with the pastors. I'll yes. communicate with the small group. I'll communicate with the church. Yeah. Uh, you know, prayer list. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, and then there's people who are skilled at like, I'll take care of the kids. I'll take care mm-hmm. of the pets. I'll take care I'll of your lawn. Train, you know, like lots of delegation. Train, mm-hmm. And and you can have that that point person who's the extrovert. You know, yep. I'll, I'll take I'll set up that whole team for yeah. you. And if anything comes to mind, just tell me, and I'll make sure that it gets yep. done. That can be that can be just a huge a huge blessing. Yeah, um, what would you say to the parents who they just received life altering news? They're in the middle middle of a now in the middle of a medical crisis with their child. Um, what would you tell them to do? What do they need right now? Uh, what should they ask for if they're able to make asks? We just talked about how they probably can't. Yeah. Um, but what advice would you give to them? Yeah, I feel like the greatest thing that I did was lean in to the Lord. Just lean in, be mm. still. I am typically very productive. Like I'm always working on something. I'm always doing something. And that NICU season, I did nothing. Like there was a whole lot of stillness. Mm. 
I did not do like anything on my phone. I was not on it. I was not writing. Um, I was really just sitting in the moment, praying and waiting on the Lord and listening for him. Mm. Um, and I don't, I don't think I'm probably still enough, but that season I feel like was a season where I was still, and I was able to receive and really lean into him because mm. as you, you know, shared about your book, like that was the absolute mm. weakest I've ever been, but in our weakness, mm. his power is made perfect. Yeah. And it literally carried me through that entire season by just leaning into mm. him and not trying to figure it all out, not trying to control it, but really a whole lot of submission and whatever I wanted yeah. was put to yeah. the side. And I just wanted to hear from him because he's the only one who knew what we needed to do, what yeah. we were going through. So just so much dependence on him and a whole lot yeah. of stillness. Yeah. Yeah, that is good. And and that's the point of of faith is mm-hmm. us saying, Lord, I'm weak, but you're strong. Um, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And you know, James, you know, promises that the Lord loves to give wisdom to those yeah. who ask for it in faith. Yeah. Yeah. And um and I, you know, um uh, the temptation that comes in the middle of a crisis is to believe that we're sovereign and that we possess the ability to do all the things and learn all the things and get all the things done. Yeah. And um, the Lord is often challenging us to, well, he's really inviting us mm-hmm. to trust him and to rest in him. Yeah. Um, what gave you the most hope in that season? Um, God really... I remember this moment where we were sitting across from the doctor and they had worked through so many potential genetic diagnoses for Ezra. And there was one that they were telling us about and telling us that he may not be the boy that could play catch with his dad in the front yard because he may have this Mm. condition where his bones would break. And um, I remember... They were talking, I was looking at them. And again, in that stillness, because I I was really only like trying to be in his presence and hear from him, yeah. I really felt like, okay, God, I am surrendering my child to you. Like if this is what he has, if mm. this is what it is, like I'm gonna be grateful for every moment that I have. You gave him to me for a reason. If you if you are going to take him, like okay, he's yours. I trust you. Like Mm. it will really break my heart, but I trust you. So I remember like in my mind, like physically extending my hands and surrendering my child to the Lord in that moment. And the doctor's continuing to talk. And then I had this like vision with my eyes wide open and it was, I'll never forget it. Um, It was like a young man with blonde hair, Mm. crystal blue eyes. And he smiled this knowing smile at me. And I knew despite the baby in the bed, who was so jaundiced, he was bronzed, dark, dark hair and dark, Mm. dark eyes. I knew that vision was of my son, even though they looked Mm. drastically different, like in my spirit, like I just knew. Mm. So 
that vision that the Lord gave me was my anchor and it grounded me because I knew no matter what happened, that whether that vision was here on earth or in heaven, I knew that my son mm. was going to be okay. Mm. So that yeah. carried me through. And we didn't even talk about one of um, our PICU experiences, but when that happened, when Ezra was 18 months old, that vision Mm-hmm. gave me such peace that when we had a three-day stay mm. in the PICU, I was not shaken because I knew God went before yeah. me. He revealed this to me. Everything is going to be okay. Just continue trusting in Him. Mm. It's going to be okay. Mm. So that is yeah. absolutely what got me through and continues to get me through anything that might yeah. come up. Yeah. So for maybe for our listeners who came across this podcast, uh, because of the situation they're in their life, um, but they're not really sure who Jesus is and what we're talking about in terms of faith, mm-hmm. could you just briefly summarize, like, what is the gospel? What's the good news about Jesus? And how does that speak to us in these kind of situations? Yeah, I think... Um, for me, because I am a, a newer believer and that seven years ago, I I was not brought up knowing the Lord, did not know Him at all until He literally saved me from a really dark time. So, we are all sinners. We are born sinners. It's ingrained in our DNA from the fall. So, um, and, and you had referred to it too, that Jesus is the great high priest and He is the one who allows us to have closeness with God. Um, And Mm. so he died for us. And when God looks at us, even though still in my everyday, even, you know, my thoughts, the things I say, I'm sitting, God looks at me and he Mm -hmm. sees Jesus who was the perfect sacrifice. So thanks to him, I will be in heaven one day. And it's a day where there will be no more mourning, no more sickness, All of that will be gone Mm. and we will be in the place where God intended for for us all along, where there's Mm. absolute perfection and peace and no more Mm. of the suffering. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, listener, if, if that is new to you, um, the, the news about Jesus dying on the cross for our sins and being raised from the dead to redeem us, not only from our own sin, but from the consequences of all yes. sin, um, from the suffering and death that's in this world. We would encourage you just to cry out to Him in faith mm-hmm. and ask Him to save you and um, get involved with a good local church. Um, and if you need any help figuring out what your next steps are, um, reach out to... Uh, mm-hmm praying through ministries um, through their website or reach out here at Nothing Is Wasted. There's a lot of great resources on our webpage and uh, we would love to connect you with Christians who can mm-hmm. can help you follow Jesus. Um, Jessica, where can people connect with you um, online? Um, Instagram, I feel like, is the place where I tend to hang out probably. <laughs> so, uh, mm-hmm. Jessica Sanders writer is where you can find me at there. Same with, um, Facebook and then praying through ministries. Um, we're on Instagram and Facebook as well. So you can find me at either okay. one of and those. Jessica Sanders with, with sorry, with Jessica a with a K. Yes. And not Saunders, yes. but Sanders, yeah. like plain old carpenter. Kind yeah, of. No, you nope. No, you. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, get get involved. Uh, yeah, so listeners, connect with Jessica online. Um, be sure to visit the uh, prayingthroughministries.org website. And if God's calling you to volunteer or to make a financial donation, yeah. um, you know, those gift packages, care packages mm-hmm. aren't cheap, and, mm-hmm. um, and but they're free to those who need them. And so yes. if, you, if you would make a, a donation to that ministry, that would be a huge way to serve as well. Yes. So Jessica, thank you for joining us on the Nothing is Wasted podcast. It's been fun to hang out here. Thank you. It has. Thank you so much. Man, Davey, that was such a sweet conversation. Um, So good. And I'm sure it was really tender for a lot of our listeners, but really, 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 really powerful too. So thanks to Jessica. Thanks to Eric. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things Jessica talks about is um, how God uses our experiences mm. for ministry. Yeah. And how wow. we talk about this all the time, right? Going from pain to purpose and how do we repurpose our pain? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think a lot of times, and she mentions this as well, but like a lot of times what we end up defaulting to, especially in today's day and age, we see a whole lot of people who are starting foundations or starting 501c3s or yep. starting like nonprofits or yep. you know some kind of a ministry platform out of what they're experiencing and I don't that's not that's not all bad right but yeah. I do think sometimes people um almost default to that mm-hmm. it's like that becomes the oh this is the natural progression or pathway mm-hmm. that I need to take to take my from my pain to purpose mm-hmm. and that's not really that doesn't have to be your journey in fact, I would yeah. say more people than not are are not doing that, right? Like it's it's right. actually should be a calling to do that, not just something yeah. that you journey into by default. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's a cost that you yeah. also have to weigh when it comes to starting something yes, of your of your own. And Jesus yeah. talks about, you know, you wouldn't build a tower without counting that cost mm. lest you start building it and you get halfway through and you can't finish it. I think a yeah. lot of times I've seen anecdotally people Get, get started on something and, and maybe they did it because they were inspired, they were excited, but they weren't necessarily sure. called by God to do it. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, Aubrey, you've had an interesting journey over the past couple of years trying to, you know, obviously it's evident that God's got a particular type of ministry on mm-hmm. your life, but you've yeah. been exploring what our friend Ken Roberts talks about is convergence. Convergence, yes. Convergence. Ken has helped me tremendously with that you know, discerning God's leading in conversion. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious, just like, how would you sit down and advise somebody as mm-hmm. some of the stuff that you have mm-hmm. learned from Ken, mm-hmm. dug through for in your own time with the Lord? Yeah, yeah. How do you advise someone like that? He was going, yeah. okay, what do I do out of this pain? Yeah, you know? I actually, I love this question. And it has been, it's been kind of a, it can be kind of a painful journey if you're an impatient person, because underneath the question of convergence is like, God, what did you make me to do? I want to do it. Put me in coach, you know? Right, right. Um, and and I, I will say some things about that, but I do want to affirm for you, Davey, that I do think there's sort of this instinct to like professionalize your pain, like, Right. Start a website, make it a brand, go, go, go. And I, uh, there, like you said, that has to be a specific anointing and calling. And, right. and it, that can feel like the quote, like sexy thing, which is a weird word to use in that space. But I think, like, for any of you doing that, God may call you to do that. Amen. Run after it. But 
If not, like there's value in just you being a really good neighbor with your pain to somebody else in pain. So I right. just like, let's, let's celebrate those stories. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, um, but I would say for, you know, people out there kind of searching, like, what, what am I supposed to do? This concept of convergence and, you know, a lot of, a lot of experts in convergence really say like you don't hit convergence until like your forties or fifties. So there's nobody's in a hurry. Like, let's just say that. But the idea is that you, you kind of look at life experience. You look at those big themes in your life. Like we've talked about on this show before, you know, creating a timeline of your life. What are the really significant events, both positive and negative. And then you begin to look at your life almost in seasons. Like, what did God do here? And what did God move me into here? Okay, next season. What did God do here? What did God move me into here? And all of it sort of comes together. Your being, your doing, your story, your passions. And that's the convergence when it all comes together. And you're just like running with joy and purpose because you see that God has written this beautiful story. And often it is like through the pain and the hardship, you go, oh, maybe God has has walked me through this and brought me out of it so that now I can walk with somebody who's experiencing the similar pain that I've experienced. And, you know, I do, I think that's just a really helpful place to start if you're trying to figure it out. Like there's those great questions coaches ask, uh, you know, what, where do you want to be in six months? What are you passionate about? If you, if money weren't involved, what, what would you do? What gets you out of bed in the morning? But I, those are great questions. They help you dream, they ignite some imagination. But I do think one of the biggest steps to take is just simply start with that timeline from birth to now, spend some time with the Holy spirit Mm. and really like note what has God done in my life? What has been hard? What has been good? What have been the milestones? And then just see if you see repeated themes. Yeah, it's good. See if you see a thread. See if you see, wow, God, man, God moved me from here to here to here to here. You'll see, I promise you, you'll see a design. It might not look like you thought it would, but you'll see something. Um, And then, and then add to that, um, just like what Ken always talks to us about is how our, our being matters as much as our doing. Yeah. So what is God forming inside of you? What is God calling into your identity? What, you know, what part of you still doesn't really walk in the fact that you are God's son or God's daughter, that stuff has to be really alive and healed and whole in you. And out of that place of kind of abundance and identity is, is part of where your convergent call it calling okay. comes from anyway we could talk about this forever but oh gosh, it is fun to explore i mean i, I love walking people yep. through this i love how ken walked me through this walked you through this so he's a great resource for ken, anybody listening he's a great resource yeah i mean he actually coaches people professionally through this so i mean obviously if yeah. you are interested in that you can get in touch with us and ken can yeah. walk you through that he does a lot of stuff yeah. with leaders particularly ministry leaders um uh, we have an entire arm of our ministry that serves ministry leaders called the human yeah. leader and yeah that is where Ken will take leaders, um, whether it's marketplace leaders, whether it's you know church leaders, ministry leaders, through this, whether it's crisis or convergence. So if you're in crisis mm-hmm. or if you're in convergence, it's an incredible resource that he provides for our ministry. And we've benefited it both, both of us personally um, from that. Yeah. The, the thing I would say is that, you know, hit the big word that, that really I center around or circle around with, that he shared with me was 
the grace? Where is God putting a grace in your life? Yes. And I think yes. that's so helpful to think through because it's like, yes, you can see, it's not that it's not going to be difficult, right? Every doing anything is going to have resistance and opposition from the enemy. Yep. Yep. But you see a little bit more of God's breath on something than you do mm-hmm. over here because mm-hmm. of the way, because of all of those factors, the way God wired yes. you, your experiences, your past, your yes. pain, your passion, all that kind of stuff, right? But where is God? Yeah. So when I knew that it was time for us to step away from pastoring a local church to doing this, it was because of that idea. Ken was the first yeah. one that offered up to us. It seemed yeah. like there's been a grace shift. Yeah. In your life. And that was so helpful yeah. for me to sink my teeth into and go, oh. Oh. Yeah, that makes a lot of the, sense, you know. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then you kind of you kind of know from there, like, oh, I think this is like almost an Abraham moment in my life right. where God is like, hey, pack up your things and go. Right. You know, the, the is grace is moving someplace else. <laughs> it's so scary. It's so scary. And then sometimes if you don't do it, I've been in a recent season where you ignore that. And then God just goes, boop, band-aid ripped off girl like, or guy, you know, like, like, like you, we're going. You're you packing your bags no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, it's oh really man. Interesting. So interesting. Yeah. I mean, so this, good. yeah, what a great conversation. And and we could talk about that Fantastic. forever. I think, you know, but for, for Jessica to really recognize that too, and to recognize mm. the personal ministry that you have with people and to mm. be eyes open for that personal ministry. Like, yeah, that's good. Think that God will providentially bring like a magnetic pull to you. This, this contagious yes. people who are in pain, if you're looking for it and going, how can I minister to my neighbor, to my mm-hmm. colleague, to my coworker, to my, you know, uh, someone I'm encountering? Like, think about yeah. those Holy Spirit opportunities that you have to speak yes. life, hope, the kingdom into somebody's life yeah. by sharing your story. And I think that is maybe more profound mm. than professionalizing. I mean, scripture says this, right, Aubrey? Like um, that when it comes to parts of the body, the ones that are unseen are actually the more valuable parts. Yes, yeah, yes. So like when we get That's to heaven, the whole word thing's of God. gonna be like flipped on its head. Like those who have a microphone <laughs> mm. in front of them, they're gonna be kind of pushed to the side and be like, okay, cool, Yeah, you're thanks. gonna be quiet a minute. It's actually <laughs> right? the people who have the unseen gift. <laughs> Mm. That God's gonna be like your gift was the most valuable in the kingdom. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's hard oh, to wrap so our heads beautiful. around this like platform culture that we live in right now. But mm-hmm. I think it's important for us to remember that. Yeah. So such a good word. Hey, speaking of taking back your story, speaking of partnering with God, especially to take it back in the midst of pain. We want to invite you to something that we do consistently here at Nothing Is Wasted. If you want to jump in and find out more about um, you know, what we do here at Nothing Is Wasted and how we can empower and equip you in the middle of your pain, we have something called Five Steps to Taking Back Your Story. It's a live Zoom call. You get to chat with Davey. You might get to chat with me. It's at nothingiswasted.com slash start here. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash start here. It's a really sweet time to get to minister to you, tell you a little bit about what we do here and, and pray for you. There's a Q&A time. And so it's really, really a, a value, especially if you're kind of in that space wondering like, okay, God, what do you want to do with my pain? That's right. What do you want to do with my heartache? That's right. Well, we want to thank Sleeping At Last for providing all the music for the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. You can download and stream his music anywhere music can be downloaded and streamed. We'd also love to invite you to follow us on Instagram at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. You can follow me at David Blackburn. Follow Aubrey at Obsamp. You can follow Eric at EM Shoemaker. That's Shoemaker M A C H E R. And um, we'd love to invite you to subscribe to the YouTube. If you like listening to your podcast, watching your podcast on YouTube, subscribe. 
and um, rate and review the podcast on one of your podcast platforms. That really is a tremendous encouragement to us as we hear your story and how this is impacting you. Next week, we have a wonderful conversation with Laura Whiffler. And so I want you to go ahead and just take a listen to this little clip from our conversation with Laura Whiffler. Hey, why is it important to understand the gospel and infuse it into our lives? I think one of the big things for me as a believer has been to understand why the world is like it is. Mm-hmm. And one of my questions, you know, especially after my daughter was diagnosed is why, you know, and mm-hmm. um, what's my hope and, you know, what, what do I have to look forward to? Or like, how is this going to change and how am I going to make it? And so understanding the gospel and just this, um, this grand story that we're all caught up in, that we're all smaller actors in, that has really helped give me, if not a satisfactory reason why, I would say, I don't know that I can tell you right now, you know, straight to your face, like, oh, I'm totally satisfied. Yeah. But it does offer an explanation and it does offer this and this I'm satisfied in is ultimate hope mm-hmm. and hope that you're not going to find in any other religion, yep. in any other place, that Christianity is that the only place where you are going to find the hope of the gospel, where we are going to heaven. We are spending eternity with our God. We are going to be fully healed. I mean, that is an incredible truth. And when we operate out of understanding that, okay, I know that hard things are going to happen. I know that it's not necessarily always because of what I've done or mm-hmm. something sinful that happened. It can be. The effects mm-hmm. of sin can be negative, but it's not always that way. Well, that helps me understand like, okay, I didn't do anything wrong and mess up here. But then also it shows us that we have a hope both today because Jesus Christ, if, if he is in you, if he's working in your heart, then you can have you can have joy, you can have peace, you can have patience. Yeah. You know, all that he has as you interact with your family, as you interact with others, it absolutely transforms the way you deal with pain and suffering. Mm-hmm.